Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The What's Eating You podcast is a series of mental health topics that are designed to make you think, learn, educate, and validate. Enjoy the show. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to completely move country and live your dream life in Bali? Have you ever thought about what it would be like to completely change professions and do what you are extremely passionate about? Well, today I have a very, very special guest on the show who I met in Bali. Her name is Ellen and she is the founder of the Empowered Woman Program and she helps people overcome their relationships with food that might be quite negative, especially when it comes to binge eating. Welcome to the show, Ellen. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me on. What a nice introduction. (laughs) I'll do my best. I am so keen to have you here because for those that don't know, we met in Bali and we both did some work for the National Women's Fitness Academy. So tell me, Alan, how did you start? You obviously live in Bali, but how did you get onto the National Women's Fitness Academy and get to where you are today? So maybe just tell the audience a little bit about you. Yeah. Wow. Like where to start? (laughs) Um, So yeah, my name is obviously Ellen. I am actually from Sweden. So if I have a bit of an accent that comes out, like now that I said it, you'd probably be like, oh my God, yes, I can hear it now before I thought she was Australian. Um, Because I actually lived in Australia for eight years and then I moved to Bali about... Yeah, pretty much exactly a year ago now. Um, so I'm going to try and make this story as short as possible because I love to talk. So <laughs> this can go on forever. <laughs> so I basically, I got into what I'm doing now because I myself, like so many women, unfortunately, have struggled with a lot of disordered eating, even to the point where eating disorders, uh, body image issues, like body dys- really bad body dysmorphia to the point of self-harm. And this started when I was quite young, like 15 years old. Um, it kind of became like a popularity contest in our, or competition in our school of who can become the skinniest person. Um, and we would literally compete about who could eat the least amount of food and who can lose the most amount of weight this week. And like if someone would eat, they would almost be like, oh, it's like, what's wrong with you? Like, why did you eat? You fail, basically. 
yeah, it's crazy. And um, growing up, like I didn't really have much confidence at all, which like I've never really spoke up in the class. Like public speaking was like my worst nightmare. So now that I'm a speaker and literally like speak in different countries and like online all the time, it's yeah, it's hard <laughs> to believe. But anyway, you can overcome it. So yeah, when we had this kind of weight loss competition that eventually spiraled me into anorexia, mm-hmm. I kind of felt like shit, like I'm actually really good at losing weight. And now I'm finally getting validation from other people. People are coming up to me saying things like, wow, like Ellen, I wish I had your motivation. I wish I could, you know, lose as much weight as you. And like, wow, like how did you do it? And for me, it kind of just became this like, okay, if I lost this much weight and they're, they're talking to me, like giving me this many compliments now, imagine if I lose more weight, like then I'm going to get even more love. And like, as you know, like when you're at that age, like 14, 15 years old, all you want is attention. Like you just want people to notice you. Yeah. You don't really care. Like I was like, I was like, oh, they love me. They finally pay attention to me. And like, I don't even have to do anything. It's, this is great. And um, yeah, so I started, I kept losing weight, kept losing weight. And I have this big birthmark on my leg as well that I did get a lot of um, shit for really for when I was younger. Like kids really. What was that? I never saw that birthmark when I met you. Literally, like I've had, like I remember one time at CrossFit, my coach that I had for six months was like, wow, what's happened on your leg? Like she didn't see it at all because no one notices it. It's Mm -hmm. only, but you know, when you're a kid, like they like to find whatever is, um, like unusual, like whatever stands out and then make a big deal out of it. And, you know, call me a monster and a cow and like all this awful stuff. And another part of why my eating disorder became so bad is because in my mind, I was like, well, if my leg gets smaller, then the birthmark is going to get smaller too. And maybe people will focus more on how skinny I am instead of this ugly, disgusting thing on my leg. Right. Okay. So it became this other coping mechanism to hide the birthmark and it's it's interesting to hear I mean obviously we know eating disorders exist globally but even in Sweden and even in school it was reinforced and I remember you saying your goal was to become the skinniest girl in the world yeah I literally had a like my laptop at the time that my background was a skeleton and I would find I found all these like pro Anna like websites and forums like this was before Facebook or Instagram but there were still like blogs were really taking off in Sweden at the time so yeah I would like literally just research like where can I find like information about how you can lose more weight and like weigh myself four or five times a day and if I'd ever gone up like even a gram or like 100 grams I said okay well that's me done like I'm not eating for the rest of the day um yeah, it was it was very tough time mentally. Like, I think that it, it just it's a very lonely illness. Like, you really like yes, it started off as like a fun competition in school, but once it kind of starts taking over your life and your whole life just revolves around how can I eat as little as possible? How can I lose the most amount of weight? It's like because you lie so much to other people, you kind of forget what's real and what's not and what matters and what doesn't. Mm. Like my whole life was just, how can I lie so that I can get away with not eating? Do you know what's so interesting? So many people ask me or have asked me historically, 
do people with eating disorders lie or do people with BPD lie? Where does lying fit into everything? And I think with eating disorders, you're just so desperate to not get caught. You're just so desperate to not be judged that you do anything to relieve the anxiety that it causes. So I think number one, the lying is either just to get people off your back or relieve anxiety, or it is to just deal with the situation in the moment. And because you're so out of it, like I feel eating disorders are a real sort of I don't know if I'd go as far as to say dissociative, but they're a very non-present disorder. Like mm. while I was existing, I felt my mind, my soul was just living in the background. I wasn't really present. Yep. And when you're not yep. present, you don't care what you say. You just respond. And even though my sisters would ask, oh, where's that chocolate wrapper? But I don't know. I knew exactly where it was. I ate it. But I was literally just saying these words and like not caring that it was inaccurate. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like, I think that the reason, like what, when I went through that anorexia period of my life, I think that's why I'm so good at what I do now, because I really understand how strong that voice can get. And like you said, it literally takes over your identity and what you want and what you say and what you do, because it was like, I wasn't Ellen anymore. Like I was this anorexic like creature that literally only cared about not eating, about exercising, about losing weight, about becoming becoming the skinniest person in the world. Nothing else mattered to me. Like my relation, like I didn't care if I didn't have any friends. I didn't care that they went out and did stuff without me. Yeah. I didn't care that like I was like passing out or that, you know, people were worried about me and crying and it just you don't care. And I've only ever had one other person on the show who has fully recovered from anorexia because only one in three people make it through to the other side. So well done on recovering and being there. But I'm always so curious about it. How long did you actually have anorexia? Who diagnosed you? Yeah, so I was very, very lucky. It was only for about a year and it was after... (laughs) A long time to not eat properly. Yeah, but I mean, you hear about certain people, like I had someone on my uh, podcast the other day, she'd had it for like 10 years. Like it's just, it's mental how, yeah, like, Mm -hmm. yes, a a year is a long time, but if you put it into other people, it's like, that's nothing. I mean, even after I decided to get healthy, like it took me 10 more years to actually get a healthy relationship to food. So I wouldn't say that it just, you know, one day to the next, I got healthy um but yeah I was like at a hospital back in Sweden um where they're like whoa like you are severely mm. underweight you need to eat um but I was like at that because I wasn't ready to hear that from them yeah. and anytime someone would ever comment and say like you look sick you look unhealthy and like you're yeah like every time someone would say something about that and like that that I should eat or something it was like that monster that that voice inside of me was like, they're just jealous or they're trying to get, make you gain weight. And, you know, they don't have your best interests at heart. They wish that they could look like you. They're just trying to make you fat. Like don't believe anything that they're saying. Mm. So it, it really created this me against the world mentality, which I think yeah. is why people really struggle to get help because 
you think that everyone is your enemy. You think that no yeah. one wants your best. Everyone's interest. attacking you. You're yeah. being attacked, especially we're Pisces. We think everyone attacks us. Yeah. Well, on top of that, did you ever? Because all people talk about eating disorders turning into other ones. I know you then went into binge eating. Were you ever bulimic, or did you ever compensate with exercise, or was it just restriction binge, restriction binge? No. So well. My anorexia period was literally just not eating. Mm. Um, I did work at a stable at the time. And like I was working with a lot of horses and I would like, I wouldn't, I wasn't going to the gym to burn calories, but I was purposely like cleaning the whole stable or like taking the horses for like an extra lap or like volunteering to do all the extra work because mm. I, I knew about the concept of calories in calories out. Like, I knew everything, like how many calories one step would burn. Like I knew everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, most of it was restricting food, but I would also try and exercise as much as I could, like ride and do all the stuff in the stables. But it, towards the end, it kind of got to the point where any kind of movement that I that wasn't necessary would just make me so lightheaded that mm. I just felt like okay well at least like if I don't eat then I know I'm gonna keep losing weight because like there's nothing that's going into the system and yeah it wasn't until like uh, you noticed already but my me and my mom have always been such close friends and like we've had such a good relationship our whole life or my whole life and I came home one day from school and I just found her crying in in the in the living room and she I remember she just looked at me and she's like Ellen, I know that you're lying to me. I know that you're not eating and I'm just so worried that you're going to die. Mm. And even like every time I told, tell this story, it's like, wow. Like, mm. yeah. So that time I decided, you know what? Even if I want to be the skinniest person in the world, like I literally didn't care whatever it took. My relationship to my mom is more important, yeah. but I didn't get any professional help. I was like, no, I don't need to go to a clinic. Like, I don't need to go to rehab. Like, I can do it myself. If I if I could stop eating, I can just start again. That's fine. And that was honestly one of the biggest mistakes I've done because that's what, like I said before, it took me onto this 10-year journey of binge yes. eating or, you know, being like never diagnosed orthorexic, but basically completely obsessed with tracking, obsessed with training, obsessed with that controlling what was going into my body and what was going out. And um, yeah, it like if you are so-, so much when you don't get therapy, it just prolongs it. I was the same. I'm mm. like, no, I can figure this out on my own. I'm becoming a psychologist. Like I can do this on my own. No, you can't. And then I think the other issue is I went to a therapist, but not a lot of therapists have expertise in eating disorders. They'll focus mm-hmm. on other stuff or anxiety or the client will talk about anxiety. So I agree with you. I think, so you think because you didn't get professional help, it prolonged your journey. 100%. I remember I went to, my mom was like, can you please, 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 please just go and see the guidance, like the school counselor, whatever. And I don't even, honestly, I honestly don't know if they're trained psychologists or therapists or like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what kind of education you need to do to do be that. But she, she, I don't think she really knew what she was doing. Um, but I also can see now from my like adult point of view and, and recovered point of view that I didn't give her a proper chance to help me either because I didn't trust her. I was mm-hmm. like, no, I don't trust this person. I also really didn't want my fellow like, friends at school to see that I went in and see saw this person 
Um, yes. Like I didn't want to tell, like I never admitted to my friends, except for my best friend. I never admitted to anyone else that I had a problem. Like they just thought that I all of a sudden had become really skinny. Like deep down, they knew that I, I wasn't well, like they've told me now, but you know, when you're that young, like you don't really want to stand out and be like the weird anorexic kid. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't know how to bring it up. They don't know how to talk to you about it. Yeah. Like you said, the thinness was praised and reinforced and everyone mm-hmm. thinks you're doing so well, but this is just a message to anyone listening. If someone has lost a drastic amount of weight, just be mindful before you comment or praise them because you don't know, they could be going through a divorce and not eating. They could have an illness. Mm. You just don't know what it is. And I think in our culture and society, we praise weight loss, but we don't actually praise, you know, health and mental health gain and, and all of that. So you went on this journey, you went through binge eating, you went through everything. Mm. How did you, like, what was it for you that led to your recovery? Because I think when people ask me, oh, how did you recover? How did you get over it? Mm. I think it was a number of things. I don't, I can't say, oh, it was this psychologist. It was this therapist. So it was this program. I think it was really a combination of changing my lifestyle, pushing myself to exposure, reading books and just choosing not to do it. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, like when I was binge eating, that was like, it completely escalated after I did a bodybuilding show because then I had put my body into like 12 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you know that? (laughs) When I first moved to Australia. I'm I'm so fascinated about the bodybuilding world. Tell me about your competition. Yeah. So, well, I guess this was when I first moved to Australia and I was like, my relationship to food was, oh, so broken, so bad. I, you know, even it was almost, it was worse than when I had my anorexia because at least when I was anorexic, I knew that I could stick to this crazy restriction and nothing would ever tempt me to eat. And I was like, I'm fucking good at this. So I still had like some kind of self-esteem or confidence around that, that I, like I trusted myself. But then once I decided to recover because I didn't work with anyone, I didn't know how to eat healthily. Like I didn't know what balance was. What normal is anymore. Yeah. So I was like, I would either, I was like, I know how to be anorexic and not eat, but like how, how I, that shouldn't, that's not good. So mm-hmm. then I was eating and then, cause my body had been so starved for so long, I just binged. And, you know, I barely eat them for a year. Like I put on weight like that. So I looked healthy, but oh my God, the inside was so, so broken because now I wasn't living up to my expectations of myself. Like I would say today, I'm going to be really healthy and eat this. And then I would binge and I'd be like, fucking hell, like, why can I never stick to anything anymore? And oh my Mm. God, I feel terrible about myself. I'm just going to binge again and, you know, reinforce that identity that I can't do anything right. And then restrict a couple of days and then binge. And yeah, it just, you know, you know, the spiral. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, so I moved to Australia to be with my ex uh, partner. And then I started training at this gym, which was very similar to like F45, but this was before Mm -hmm. F45 came to Australia or started. Yeah. Where in Australia were you? This was in uh, Newcastle, New South Wales, outside Sydney. Um, and yeah, the coach, because I, like, I feel like with addictions, like binge eating or not eating or, you know, even drugs and sex and stuff, it's, it's very easy to just swap one addiction for another. 
So mm. I feel like that's what I kind of did. I was like, okay, well, this training is like so exciting. And like people were noticing me again and giving me that validation that I craved of like fitting in and doing a good job. And the coach was like, well, fucking Ellen, you're here all the time anyway. Like you might as well do a competition. And I was like, yes, perfect. Like now I can bring back that like dedication, that motivated girl that I used to be. And you know, I'm going to stay like that forever. So I did a 12 week prep. And honestly, like this coach did not know what he was doing. He put me on 800 calories a day, uh, maximum a thousand, which is literally less than a toddler, guys. Less That's not something that anyone should ever do. Mad. Um, and yeah, training twice a day. I was literally putting pre-workout in my water to get through the day because I was so tired all the time. Mm. And yeah, went up on stage. And up until this point, I'd every week I'd gone out and bought food because I was like, okay, after this show, I'm going to have one day where I can eat. And then I'm going to go back to this like crazy diet because in my mind, like the mind is so freaking powerful. And in my mind, I was like, this is healthy. Like, this is great. Like I'm so dedicated and I feel so good. Like I'm sticking to this diet and, you know, reinforcing that behavior again. Great. Um, so yeah, I did the show and then I came back, like I literally went off stage and I said to my partner, let's go home. I, could, I don't want to stay here. I want to go home. I want to eat. Just binged all day. Um, the next day I was meant to go back to work and I called in sick and said, oh no, sorry, I can't come in today. I'm really unwell because mm-hmm. I wanted to have another day of just eating. I just felt like I hadn't what eaten enough eat? food. What did you eat? Oh, everything stuff, like everything that you can imagine. I'd literally, every week I'd written like, so I'd read somewhere that bodybuilders after comp, they have like a cheat day. So I'd written down every week, all of my cravings that week could be chocolate, Oreo, ice cream, cake, chips, um, like whatever, like mm. <laughs> cinnamon rolls, anything. And I just had this huge cupboard with this all the foods that you can think of. And I just ate it all plus like KFC and pizza and like Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And yeah, that was all gone. And then the next day, just spent all of that money again to buy all that food, stayed yeah. home, ate it all, went back to work, went back to this crazy, like super not sustainable diet, a couple of days. And then I would have, um, I was working at a cafe at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember every time if I would close the cafe, there would be like little pastries and stuff left over. And I remember so well, this one time when (laughs) I had taken all the croissants and I put like heaps of Nutella on them and I heard someone like open the door and I was like, and I ran into the bathroom and I like sat on the toilet seat and just shoved like those croissants into my mouth. So So I was like, I need to eat these, but I don't want them to find out. Like they're going to think I'm disgusting. So I just shoved them all in like four croissants in like a minute because I was just trying to hide my behavior so bad. And then didn't you have a piece on your face? Yeah. And then they're coming out and they're like, oh, like something else on your face. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Just had like some chocolate. <laughs> you're not even thinking about it. We, When you go through an eating struggle, you think everyone is analyzing what you're eating. They can see everything. Mm. But really, they don't care. They're just going oh. to their day and all that. So you did that comp you went through a binge eating struggle. What helped you get out? How did you actually get better? Yeah. Yeah. So 
I was struggling with this for so long. And also, again, that loss of identity, like, oh, like I thought I was going to be this bodybuilder person now who was like lean all year round and can't even stick to that. Like, God, I can't do anything and just dug myself deeper and deeper into that guilt and shame hole that just makes that the binge eating even stronger. Yeah. And then I, it was actually my partner, he did one thing right. <laughs> No, he was like, why don't you go and try this sport CrossFit? Like you're obsessed with training anyway. You like, you like to be like work really hard. You don't like to just like sit around and do like a couple of shoulder races. Like I like to actually really push myself. And he's like, I think it would be really good for you because like he said, you put on a lot of weight and you're not going to be a bodybuilder. (laughs) So um, yeah, even though he didn't say it in a nice way, he still got me into CrossFit. And honestly, that really changed how I looked at my body. Um, because there's no mirrors, no one was commenting on like what I looked like or what I was wearing or anything like that. It was just very performance focused. Yeah. It was just like, wow, like you've improved so much. And like, oh my God, like you're staying back to learn like handstands and pull-ups and whatever and amazing. So that's when my, the healing to stop binge eating really, or sorry, to, uh, with my body and like actually embracing what I looked like and seeing my body in not just for what it looks like, but for what it can actually do. That started there. Mm. But then I was still binge eating and I was still restricting. And like some days I would come into the gym and I'd not eat anything. And then other days I would come in and I'd eat an, you know family-sized KFC. Mm. Um, and then there was I decided to start working with a macro tracking company um, because I was like, I need to do something. Like surely yeah. this can't be like, how you should meant to be eating like yeah. I don't know I don't feel good like I wake up every Monday feeling like I have a hangover because I've eaten so oh, much food the Monday hangover. yeah you know you know what it feels like hangover. the Monday yeah. today's gonna be different I'm gonna eat clean and healthy and my life's gonna change yeah, yeah. start again on Monday like this was the last binge no <laughs> it doesn't work like that so yeah well I started working with a macro tracking coach and Literally, again, with the like being super obsessed with things, I just swapped my binge eating for an addiction for tracking macros. Mm. And again, with the validation and needing that validation from other people, like I became an ambassador for this company. They blasted me all over the social media. Oh my God, like if you work as hard as Ellen and you have her dedication, like you can look like this too. Because mm. I lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. I got- so you were tracking your macros, mm. but did that? help you heal because I actually went through a stage as well where I really learned about macros. Anyone listening, macros is your proteins, your fats and your carbs. And together they make, you know, an amount of grams to eat a day and an amount of calories. That actually was really healing for me back in the day because I realized I, one was under eating, Mm. two, I could eat way more than I thought I could and lose weight. And I could eat way more carbs than I thought I could. So for me, macros did start as a really educational healing tool but like you said it can go both ways but did it actually help your eating because you could eat within the ranges or I mean it definitely helped because I could now find a way to balance my food a bit more but because I was so obsessed with being spot on and a hundred percent and being the best macro tracker like I had to be obsessed at everything yeah best at everything in the world (laughs) um 
I took it to an extreme. So I do agree with you. Like I think for a lot of people, tracking macros, following a meal plan, you know, pick your tool can really be helpful to understand that this is how much food you can be eating. And Mm. you can have a donut and nothing bad's going to happen. You can have chocolate and you're not going to binge. But the problem is that people get so dependent on this app or this meal plan that when you take it away, they feel like they lost control and they binge. And that's what happened. What's happening to me. If I couldn't do it, like when I went home to Sweden for Christmas, I took like one day off tracking because I was like, like I, I was so nervous about going home. because I was like, no one's going to understand me. They're going to judge me and like, I'm not going to be able to track. And I was dressing myself out, like scanning everything in the cupboard to make sure I could track it. Mm. But then I had one day off because I was like, okay, well this Christmas, like, come on. And I binged all Christmas and I felt absolute, like not just overeating a little bit extra food, but a proper binge eating. And, um, you know, that's when you can see that there's a problem here that when you take that away, what happens to you? Like, are you binging? Are you losing control? Do you get super anxious? Like it can be a great tool. Yeah. But also it's not something that you should rely on for the rest of your life. No, I agree. I think macro counting can be a seasonal tool that can Mm. really educate you and help you, but not like when you have an active eating disorder, you need therapy. But then the point is, same with me. So I got so dependent on eating the same foods and that's fine, eating the same foods every day. But then when I stopped and I went out for lunch, I wouldn't know when to stop. I I lost intuitive eating skills because it doesn't really teach you intuitive eating. It teaches you structured eating grams and your body's not a robot. On some days you're going to be more hungry. And then if you can't, if you struggle to stick to that, you're going to feel guilt. And then that guilt is going to lead to potential binge eating. So I think a reason and a season it can work, but I think what it doesn't teach you is intuitive eating, honoring your hunger cues and yeah, just learning to feel more comfortable with eating flexibly throughout the day. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, like I had already started studying nutrition at this point because I was like, this is really interesting. But I stopped working with that coach because that company in particular was very like clean eating, eat for performance. Um, Like food is food is fuel. It's nothing else. It was, you know, it wasn't a very healthy approach to it. Um, And like, also like I was lowering my weight loss target every single week and she would just be like encouraging that. So really like showed a lot of red flags, but that weren't getting picked up on. Um, So yeah, I started work, I started my nutrition coaching and uh, my company that I started was very based on that. Like you said, like flexible dieting and macro tracking in like a healthy way, because I agree it can definitely be healthy. And like, I did that for four years and um, I genuinely do think that a lot of women were helped by this and yeah, that they were able to see that they can actually eat carbs without gaining weight and that nothing bad's going to happen because they have chocolate on a Wednesday and stuff like that. Um, but then I started, I started realizing that this wasn't really what was lighting me up. Like the, the checking someone's my fitness pal and telling someone how to track at a restaurant, like, cool, that's fine. But like, it wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't look forward to my job anymore, you like but I was nutritionist. So you yeah. did that for work. You would write meal plans and help people with my mm-hmm. fitness pal and help them track. Yeah. But you weren't satisfied by it, even though it was successful for you at the time. Yeah, no, it was super successful. Like I had loads of clients. It took off really quickly because, you know, I had been an ambassador from this company as well. And I got 
fair few followers from them. Um, and, you know, people were already asking me for advice. But yeah, after doing it for four years, it kind of, it got to the point where I was like, it doesn't sit right with me to like tell people that they're not good enough and that they need to lose weight. And, you know, people come to me because they feel so shitty. And then I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, like they want to lose weight and think that they're going to feel better. And like, I knew deep down that that wasn't the issue. So mm-hmm. I would always try and work on the mindset behind it. Like, why do you feel like this? And like dive deeper into that. And it just became more of a mindset check-in than a nutrition check-in. And then I started getting a lot of clients who struggled with binge eating and low confidence and um, yeah, things like that. And yeah, around Christmas last year, so almost a year ago now, I was like, you know what? Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I felt like I was a little bit a part of the problem. Mm. Um, Even though I was trying to do it in a healthy way that was supporting women and um, helping them, it just, it didn't feel like... I didn't feel like I was living my true, like what I was meant to be doing. Mm, And that takes a lot of guts because Mm. let's be honest, there is so much money in the health and fitness industry. There's so many vulnerable women. There's so many people who think losing weight is going to keep them happy, but there's so many other ways to be happy than losing weight. So that takes courage. How did you shift? How did you move from helping people with you know, weight loss or nutrition to what you do now? Yeah. Um, well, it was, it was very scary. <laughs> um, I really like, I remember speaking to one of my friends who's also a coach and I was like, what, like if I let go of this, like, am I going to like have to get a job at like a cafe? And like, what if I have to, like, do I have to go become like a bartender now? Or, you know, do I have to like move home to Sweden to make this work? Like, oh my God, like what if it doesn't work? And I was so, so scared. And, but I said to myself, like some people were like, yeah, but you can always fall back on the nutrition stuff. And I was like, no, it doesn't align with me anymore. Like I doing that would be like going against what I stand for and what I, I want for myself. Like I can't sit here and tell you track your macros if I don't do that. Like it just didn't feel right for me. And like, again, I have nothing against tracking macros if that's what you want to do. Amazing. There's so many amazing coaches who can coach this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. But that's not what I want to do. Yes, I hear. I hear. So wait, how did you, we were talking about how you stopped binge eating. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Um, we're getting sidetracked all the time. (laughs) This big journey, you changed your career. What actually helped you stop? Yeah, so... What actually helped me stop, like like you, 
I don't think that there was this one thing. Mm. So I think that the tracking helped me kind of build some confidence in myself to say that you actually don't have to binge all the time. You don't have, you can actually go through a weekend without binge eating. So that was one part, you know, I've always been a big reader. So I've read basically every self-development book published. What's your favorite book? <laughs> My favorite book. Oh, at the moment, I'm obsessed with this book called uh, The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, Chroma. yes, Bezel van der Kolk. Oh, so good. So good. Good one. Good one. Love yep. that one. Um, there's just so many amazing, amazing, amazing books. Like I literally just do the book order for like six books. So <laughs> my love language. Um, so yeah, the books, the coaching, and then, um, I've always been quite good at self-inquiring, like understanding what's going on in my head, like why it's there. I've always been very curious about like the um, mindset part of it. So at the time, I didn't really find any like binge eating coaches like that. Mm. I listened to a few podcasts around the subject and some of them could resonate a bit with me. But if I'm completely honest, I think that what really put a big pause on the, the journey that I was on was I went through a really, really traumatic week of my life. Um, where I first broken up with my partner of four years um, and had some pretty crazy things happening. Like he, you know, smashed my car and stole money. I don't like stole my money and posted all these half naked photos of me on Facebook and um, had to get like a um, AVO against him because I was a bit scared of him. Um, and then a few days later, I lost my dad in a car accident. <laughs> Oh, Ellen, I'm so sorry to hear that you lost your dad. That I just got goosebumps. I can't imagine what that would be like and to happen in the same weekend mm. as that toxic relationship. Yeah. How did that how did this loss change you or change your life? Yeah, so this is really, really how do I explain it? So at the time, like I was very, very obsessed with tracking and I kind of, I didn't really know what to do if I didn't track. And I was really battling with this relationship to myself and like finding balance and like who I was. And then, you know, broke up with my partner. I was like, that's not right. Like, I don't know who I am, but I know that that's not right. And then the thing happened with my dad and that was just my whole world, you know, just got turned upside down. And I felt like the only safety I had in my life was my tracking and my training. Mm. So I channeled all of my energy into that. I just put everything else on the side. And like, I, I wasn't at the time, like, I think cause my body was just going through so much trauma. I just couldn't deal with it. Like I was just completely mm. numb I didn't feel happy. I didn't feel sad. And I think that's when my binge eating kind of just stopped because I just felt numb all the time. Like nothing would make it. Like I couldn't get a dopamine release. I couldn't get the big drop because everything like, like if you look at a heart rate monitor, like it was just like a plain straight line because nothing would get a reaction out of me. Like you went into the off switch. Your nervous system was just like, nah, where should yeah. Yeah, so I think that that was a big part of my um, 
binge eating recovery because I just completely like it kind of like got reborn I guess but like as a really numb person mm. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it but um it, I think because it was just such a huge trauma it kind of just everything that was going on in my in my life in in my head that wasn't that was just like pff, completely wiped out so it's like a whole reset of the system basically but then now the system was completely empty and it was just like I remember that time I was like my it felt like my brain was just fog because I didn't like nothing was I wasn't happy I wasn't sad I was just whatever like I didn't care and then I would get this emotional outburst I guess you know like if you push down and push down and push down eventually you're just gonna go explode so mm. I would be and this would happen like when I was driving home or something like that and all of a sudden I would just burst into tears and I just couldn't stop myself from crying or this tiny thing at work would like trigger me and I would just start crying and yeah I I started working with someone about to try and help me get through this like um, a mindset coach but I just I don't think I was ready because I just kept making excuses to oh I can't do it I can't make the call today I can't make the meeting and you know you can't do this and that I can't do that and what happened was I literally just threw myself into work. That's what I did for the first two years. I literally didn't do anything else. I just worked and I didn't really care about nutrition. I didn't care about training. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to work. And that was what kept me distracted from feeling anything else. Do you think the loss of your father may have also put things into perspective? Like, I've put so much time and energy into this, but what the hell does it matter when I've lost a parent? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like the guilt and the shame that would come after a binge, for example, like that couldn't even compare to the the pain that I was feeling. Like mm-hmm. even just the thought of thinking about my dad and him not even being here anymore, like I I just couldn't feel it. But I think the binge eating stopped because I'd broken that addiction cycle because I didn't, I no longer had the shame, but I also no longer got the dopamine. So there was nothing there really to, to make me binge. You had to just feel, would you feel your emotions when you used to binge eat? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have healthy ways to express your emotions or did binge eating help you deal with emotions? I think that the binge eating was there because I had. That's a really good question. <laughs> I'll let you think about that one if you need. <laughs> no, I think that the binge eating was kind of representing that I didn't, like I didn't feel like I was that, like my identity was the skinny girl who was anorexic, who could starve herself and didn't care about anything else. And then a small thing would happen. And I, like I said, I couldn't emotionally deal with it like stress, for example, Mm. or I get sad or something would upset me. A lot of the times it was also feeling lonely. I remember because I was so scared of speaking up and scared of putting myself out there that I would get this really overwhelming sense of loneliness and like, what's what's the point of my life? Like, what am I doing here? And then I would eat to try and fill that void. And then, you know, you get the dopamine release and then you get the really, the sadness and the guilt and the, the 
the feelings of failure and yeah, it would just go up and down like that. And just when you thought you couldn't feel any worse, you felt even worse and you're like, eating's not even going to get me out of this, binge eating's not even, it's almost like you just completely shut down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, at the the first few months, like, yeah, it was just about, well, no, the first few months was just about being completely numb. And then the, after that, it was controlling my food. And then it went, that food controlling mm-hmm. addiction went into the work addiction and then starting my business. And yeah, it, it, honestly, like it, this year, last year here in Bali, I have never cried this much in my life, yeah. um, which has been so nice for me to finally start healing this trauma and yeah, really allowing myself to feel and allowing myself to, you know, heal through this and to grieve and to, yeah, also even like grieving that time, that younger version of me who thought that she had to be this really super hardworking, skinny person to be good enough and you know, having a lot of compassion for myself at that age. And yeah, mm. it's been so eye-opening this last year of really understanding like a lot of the things that's been holding me back. I reckon there is such a strong correlation between being a workaholic and having an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. I'm just bringing this up now because I used to be the same. I used to work so hard, so extreme, never, would, you know, didn't want to take a day off, didn't want to. And I think it's all ties into just not feeling good enough and you're just trying to compensate in every single way yeah. possible. So how how do you eat now without feeling guilty? Because I see you eat, I see you enjoy the muffins, I see you enjoy all the amazing food in Bali. How do you do it and not feel guilty about it now? What's changed? Yeah, um, well, with the CrossFit, I really, like I said, started getting a lot of appreciation for what my body could do, which was amazing. And it really just, that's where it all started growing. And I was like, wow, like I can do all this cool stuff. And, you know, I would be like, well, if I eat you know, some extra food today, like I can actually work harder tomorrow. And that's, that's awesome. And I, um, I started really learning to slow down when I was eating and to pay, really pay attention to what was going on in my head and understanding what's true and what's just an old story that's there mm-hmm. because what happened in the past. And like, for example, if I eat a pizza, like now, I'll allow myself to have anything at any time. Yes, it's that permission slip. Yeah, exactly. And when you have that, you don't really crave anything. Like, it's like, yeah, I can have a pizza today, but I can also have salad. Like, it really doesn't bother me. And sure, like, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm dying for a pasta, but then I'll just have the pasta. It doesn't have to be such a big deal. It's like when you yeah. tell yourself you can't have this thing or like don't touch that big red button. Like all you want to do is just push it. And the same exactly. thing goes for your food. So I think that once you start appreciating yourself and, and changing that self-talk and having a lot more compassion for yourself and even the stuff that you did in the past, you are going to eat and move in a way that nourishes you. because. If you have a loving relationship to yourself, you don't want to binge. Like you don't mm. want to self-harm. You don't want to, you know, do these things. Mm, I hear, I hear. But do you ever get urges 
to go back or do you ever have urges to do like a mini shred or to get lean for a photo shoot and do you think we could do that in a healthy way or do you ever get urges yeah just to to go back to that yeah great question um you know what sometimes sure um I mean I haven't as of yet but I can definitely imagine myself doing that if I but just to push myself for my own reasons, not to be like, oh, I want everyone else to see how lean I am and how good I am doing it. Like it would be for a completely different reason now than what it was in the past. In the past, I wouldn't eat for like like weeks or like the whole photo shoot day because I, like, I need to look as lean as possible so people think that I look amazing and comment on it and get as many likes as possible. As now... I would happily just do a, a photo shoot like that and not post a single photo because I'm like, well, it's not for them, it's for me. Yeah, 100%. I think, do you think we ever truly, really recover 100%? Some people don't believe we do. People think the thoughts will always be there. We just get good at managing them. Do you think it's possible? I, I actually don't. I think <laughs> that you're always going to have the thoughts. But I think that I think that you can always have the thoughts, but I think that you're not gonna like, you don't have to act on them. Yeah. Like I still have thoughts sometimes of like, oh, it'd be so easy to like not eat today and get lean. But I know like back in the day, that would have taken up my whole day and been like, oh, you shouldn't yeah, eat. It's like, oh, I don't do that. Bad. Yeah, but now it's like, that's a thought that no, go away. Like that's not true. Yes. Yes, yes. And that's how you rewire your brain. I mm. always tell people to go through the flow chart in their minds. It's like, mm. I should skip a meal today, so I'm leaner. Have I tried that before? Yes. Did it yes. work? No. <laughs> Eat more. And like, you I love just that. you got to like go through that flow chart yeah. in your brain to arrive at the answer. And you just got to keep repeating that to embed that into your neuro network. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. And um, I honestly, like, Maybe one day, like in another 20 years, then maybe I am completely recovered. I don't know because I haven't been there. But I think what, that it's... What does completely recovered look like for you? I guess completely recovered for me would be to not have the thoughts anymore. Mm. Of not like wanting to eat. Like I never, I haven't gone a binge eating urge in years now. Like I can't even remember last time. But the anorexic, thoughts like of not eating and like overtraining yes I do struggle with that um but it's like like I said like I don't let them control like I can't even remember last time that I acted on the thought like I have them but they're definitely not as frequent as they used to be and they're not as strong as they used to be it's more of like uh like think of think of it like having like a huge like bus and that that passenger is now like in the back seat and he's like hey like don't eat like don't, don't do that whilst before he was sitting right next to you like yeah. hey don't eat you're fat don't do that you have to go train yeah so it's like a lot it's a part yeah it's a part of your brain that you've learned to notice but not mm. let it control you and I agree I think thoughts are like our family we can't control who they are and where <laughs> they are but we can control how much time we spend with them and the key mm. is to learn not to let these thoughts ruin your day or ruin your week or ruin your life because your thoughts are not facts and they're designed to bring you down. Your brain is trying to keep you safe. And once you understand the purpose of these thoughts, you can choose which ones you listen to and 
pay attention to. So I think that's a really, really good lesson. My gosh, you're full of such wisdom. And even when I met you, I just, yeah, felt so much light and warmth. And I'm so excited to come to Bali next week and and see you again. And we can talk about some exciting things that we've been discussing. But tell us a little bit about your program. What do you want people to know? How does it run? Feel free to give a little pluggy plug. Okay, I will plug myself. (laughs) Um, But I just want to say one last thing on that other, um, the thoughts, because I get it. So many people come to me and they're like, oh, like I haven't, like, I still, I still have days where I feel bad in like my body or like I still have days where I feel like, like binge eating and like I failed, like I've gone backwards. It's like, it's not very realistic to think that you're never going to think this again. Like you said, it's your family. They'll be there. So just have a lot of compassion for yourself here, girls. Like this is normal. And it's just a matter of, you know, saying that they're there, but they don't have to rule your life anymore. Compassion is the key. If Mm. there was like one thing I think that heals you, when it comes to disordered eating, it's compassion. It's saying, sure. I'm eating this burger and it may be uncomfortable and that's okay, girlfriend. Yeah. You know, or it's, I, I'm feeling really bloated and that's really uncomfortable and it hurts, but this too will pass. And I swear to God, self-compassion, I think is the one most important thing of overcoming disordered eating and eating disorder. 100%, 100%. Um, okay, the plug. <laughs> So I do a few different things. I have, I do a lot of workshops for other coaches that want someone to come in and talk about creating new habits, talk about the nervous system, talk about binge eating, self-sabotage. So that's something that you want, especially before the holiday season, hit me up. Um, Then I also work in both a group and a one-on-one aspect with the Empowered Woman program, which is an eight-week program where you get weekly modules and workbooks. You also have the um, group chat where you can chat to all the girls and myself. We do a group call every week and the one-on-one girls also get uh, one-on-one calls with me and, you know, unlimited one-on-one access to me. And this is just such a great, it's, oh, I'm so proud of this program because I was so nervous of releasing it. Remember how I was posting on my stories like crying because I was just poured my heart and soul into it. And just the education, being able to combine the education around being shitting, self-sabotage habit with coaching, with having a community. Like, honestly, yeah, I'm so excited about this program. It's just, yeah, I love it. I love it. So that's, if this resonates with you, like, please get in touch. <laughs> Where can people find you online? Yeah, so you can find me on my Instagram, so probably the easiest, um, Ellen Grandstrand, or the business page is called the dot empowered woman. Um, feel free to DM, like, Honestly, you know that I love a chat. So <laughs> please just send me a message. <laughs> everything below, Ellen. It has been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today. And I can't believe that I'll be seeing you in person Woo! next week when I come to Bali and we can <laughs> brainstorm some magic. But thank you so much for being on the show. We absolutely love hearing you here today. And I can't wait to have more chats like this. And all the best with the program. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.